Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Hey, it's hump day. Like you said, we're getting closer to Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. Tomorrow, come hang with us at Twin Peaks Warrenville. Can't wait to get out there. Have some lunch with us. Have an ice-cold 29-degree draft brew. Enjoy the show and enjoy some scenic views. Twin Peaks tomorrow. Delicious. As we get you set for Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Tomorrow we will be joined by Todd Furman live in Vegas. I think Greeny's jumping on with us tomorrow at I, some I point. I believe so, right at the trade deadline. The trade deadline is at 2 o'clock tomorrow in the NBA. They call him Mikey Basketball. I didn't know if you knew that. They call him Mikey Buckets. Well, Mikey Buckets. Mikey Two you Buckets. should have seen uh, Greeny in pickup games at the training camp back in the day at Bears training camp. Unbelievable, huh? I, I only heard stories. I'm a little a bit younger. That's so. back up in... Uh, Platteville. The Platteville, Platteville Wisconsin. The Platteville, Wisconsin. On, on the banks of the mighty Mississippi. That's right, Yurko. So we got a big show tomorrow. Uh, come by and see us at Twin Peaks in Warrenville. We got a big show today. We got a bunch of sound we want to play for you. We've got a bunch of things we're going to discuss. We want to talk to you, the listener. Get interactive with us on YouTube. Join the chat there. Make sure you click and subscribe to the station's YouTube page. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app anytime, anywhere, and on AM 1000 and FM 100.3 HD2. Bulls were down by as many as, what, 23, I think, was the biggest deficit last night. I believe that's the number. They stormed back for a six-point overtime victory. Took a that is a 29-point swing. Hey, now. It's big. Bulls. big. They're making a charge for number nine. Make it out. Well, yeah. They're charging the number nine, Carm. Playing, baby. Playing, solidifying it. Well, they're going to make the play-in. I love it. At the end of the year, when we break down the analyses for the Chicago Bulls, we're going to find that this team played better without Zach Levine than it did with them. I think they're three or four games above. I had the record exactly about 10 days ago, so forgive me. I, I Just off going off the top of my head like the last week plus. You're forgiven. I think the Bulls are about three or four games. I think they're maybe three Again, games above 500. I want to wait to the and end of the year. they're below 500 right. with him. I want to wait to the end of the year to see this. Okay. And analyze offensive efficiencies. All those great numbers that you like to point out. The lineup, chain combos. I want to see it all. Efficiency numbers. Minute numbers. I want to see everything. We had a caller yesterday that did not like yeah. efficiency numbers. But, I like okay. the 12-minute numbers, you know, halftime numbers. 12-minute yeah, numbers. Yeah, 12-minute numbers, you know. Quarter numbers? Just a P- yeah, I like to piece it together, Carm. Kobe White continues to be the best part of this season. You know, the Bulls found a, a very useful, productive player in Kobe. Yeah. Kobe, make no mistake. Kobe White right. is not any sort of superstar. Right. Make no mistake about it. That's the one benefit of having the reluctance or the grotesque inability to move players is you end up getting stuck with the same people for an extended period of time. And with that comes the benefit of Kobe White finally maybe developing into a player. But their patience with Kobe has really paid off. You know, uh, well, their inability, their grotesque inability uh, <laughs> to move anybody for anything, well, has really paid off. Maybe you're right. Their their, their lack of, of of general manager, uh, GM ability to do anything <laughs> has benefited them in this case. Yes, I agree with you. He continues to be the one like bright spot, the the one shiny object you can point to this season. Especially after last year where it looked like he really regressed. 
And he's like, man, you talk about going in the opposite direction. In a, in well, a, both Colby and Io kind of look like they regressed yes. last year. They both did. Yes. And I think Colby has really grabbed the, the reins and said, hey, I'm going to get behind the sled here, and I'm going to make things happen for myself. And I think Io's kind of been drug along with that. You kind of, hey, look what he's doing. Well, I can do that because I was doing it as good as he was my rookie season. Bad so loss. Kind of uh, come along with him a little. Bad loss for the Timberwolves. You know, the Timberwolves have played really good basketball. One of the this better year. teams in the basketball. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. They've got one of the best records in the league. They were tied for the, the number one seed. I think they were just percentage points behind OKC going into last night's game. And they look great in the first half. But to me, this is the one thing where I'd still, and I, believe me, I, I'm always the one preaching. Don't don't look at one data point, and certainly don't look at one in February, a game in Chicago, right, Eric? Like I don't mean to make this. This is why Minnesota. I'm not trying to do that, but I I will say when you watch them play, there is on, on, on any given night there can be so many weird Jekyll and Hyde things with the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's bizarre. Like Ant Man can just Ant Man can go from looking like the third best player in the league to. Oh, he's still out on the floor. They're they're getting they're getting bench technicals. If they didn't get that technical last night, they would have won the game in overtime. I mean, like they're getting bench technicals when they're you know, you're blowing 25, 23 point of, leads. Lack, lack of discipline. And Slomo's getting a bench technical yeah. in the final minute. Like lack of Chris discipline. Finch is ranting and raving all the time on the set. Like, what are you guys exactly? I don't know. I mean, they're like they're they're good. They are. And they've surprised I did just about everybody, I think, in the league how how well they played this year, but there are times when you watch Minnesota, and last yeah. night was a prime example where you're like, "Quit working really? against yourself." Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, why work against yourself? I don't know. Why man. make your life? T- why make your life tougher on the road? I don't know. You Bizarre. don't have to, but why would you want to do it? I mean, if, like for as good as Anthony Edwards is, there's these big stretches where it's just like he gone. You know, it's it's really weird. A little bit of a mystery to you? Yes, huh? it is a mystery to me. I mean, he's only like 22 and. I, I like I, I th- I'd love to have him on my favorite basketball team. Don't get me wrong, but it is weird sometimes game to game when you watch them. But a good win from the for the Bulls. They didn't, you know. I, I, what does it ultimately mean? I don't know that anything that's happened in the last week is going to change the course of uh, action for for AK and the crew tomorrow. My guess is we're going to get to two o'clock tomorrow and all's quiet on the Western Front, right? Maybe. Drummond gets moved. Last night could have been Drummond's last game in a Bulls uniform. He had another monster rebounding game, so good for Drummond. Uh, He's the leading uh, scorer at one point. Caruso, I would think, is staying. God, you got to love Caruso. His tenacity really is something. He's tenacious. I would think Caruso staying. I mean, maybe Drummond goes, and that might be it. I was waiting for you to say his intensity is amazing. I go, he's intense. Caruso does. He's I, one of those players who's got a limited amount of talent, but a whole lot of heart. I love right? his tenacity, man. Right? He's got a limited amount of talent. He's a ceiling guy. You can see him. He plays at his ceiling, right? Yeah. That's what he is. He's at so. his ceiling, but his intensity is, uh, you know, kind of what brings it to the top. He's kind of always there. He's never away. He's never brain farting on you. He's never making a mental mistake on you. He's got to play as close to the scene, ceiling all the time to make him a somewhat effective player. He does so many things that coaches adore, yes. too. Yes. Well, they can he trust just, him. He, I mean, they like, can defensively, trust you're right. The things they can they can trust him with, like late in games, uh, yeah. is awesome. I mean, he's just... He's so locked in all the time. He plays his balls off, but... He's always like so in tune to exactly what is supposed to be happening within a defensive structure. 
He reminds me a lot, uh, but he's a bigger sort of more physical version because he's bigger. But he reminds me a little in that way of Kirk Heinrich, who I know Kirk used to get, you know, he sometimes Kirk would take it in the teeth. He was sort of a, he was a weird offensive player, right? You know, Kirk was a volume three-point shooter, but he was never really a good three-point shooter. Caruso's bigger. So there's a little bit more versatility and physicality that comes with Caruso. But the coaches trusted Kirk Heinrich so much. Yeah. Like, they never had to worry. Ever. They did. They in big. And, and it allowed, them, it allowed they, it, them to worry about the other things that needed well, to there be were worried a lot about. Of other things, but right. like, they never had to worry like, oh, Kirk blew that assignment. Or he's not getting this. Or he's not guarding. He's not. I mean, like, it was never an issue. And like, Skiles, Caruso, could, only, Skiles could only pull so much hair out of his head. I know. Yeah. Caruso reminds me of that. I, I, I do love Caruso. Yeah. And I guess I could buy, like, the fact that there's some value in him still being back here next year for such a small, uh, um, for such a small contract. Right. And he's probably not netting you a ton in return anyway. So, I don't know. I, I think it'll probably be quiet tomorrow. It seems like that's uh, from everything you read from KC or uh, Darnell Mayberry or Joe Collier. Quiet the, the rest the, that cover quiet the, Bulls. For the Bulls or quiet, quiet for, the Bulls. for the rest of the NBA? I think maybe a little bit of both. Is there okay. a big deal out there to be had? When I mean, the all the NBA, guys that did, have moved. When, when did the NBA trade, the trade deadline turn into the hot stove league? I don't know. For Major League Baseball. All the disgruntled guys have been moved, right? Dame got moved in the offseason. Early in the year, James Harden got moved. I mean, like, really, what else is out there? The Lakers seem to be kind of up against it in terms of the flexibility of what they can really add. Are they going to add an impact player? Probably not. Miami made its deal already, you know? Miami missed out on some things in the summer and made the Rozier deal. Like, I don't know. LeBron's been one of the best general managers out there. Can LeBron make a move out there? He'll he'll put the marching orders up to uh, what is it Pavlinka? Polinka, Polinka, Rob yeah, Polinka. Polinka. He'll put the marching I, orders up to Polinka. I call him a poor man's yeah. Rob Lowe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then Polinka will try to do what LeBron told him to do. I don't know. I but there's not a lot in terms. Of, they did a lot last year. They did. We documented this last week. I mean, they were very active and they improved their team. But I don't know, Chris. You see anything like major happening? It seems like the the big moves were made already. I, Miami made its move uh, two weeks ago. Like. What else is out there that's going to happen? Yeah, the Raptors players were traded. Yeah, there, there's, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, the Siakam Raptors. Siakam and Inobi. Uh, they, they did were their both stuff. Traded. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, you know, it's a shame you guys are run down the Bulls roster. It's a shame they don't win. <laughs> uh, you know, I say that because they have pieces. I like, know. if they were able to have a star player, they essentially have all the pieces in place I know. to be a winning team. The problem is they don't win. I know. You've got Caruso. You've got Kobe. Drummond is someone that people want. Absolutely. DeRozan might be an attractive piece someone might want. You guys uh, talked about Caruso. You know, Kobe White's the only one that you got to stick and keep, but trade everything. But it sounds as if nothing might be in the mix. I don't think they're going to. It's a shame that they don't win because this this team has all the pieces. I'll Think you. about it. Like you guys just rattled off a bunch of positive stuff about this I team. I know. And the problem it, with them is they don't and win. They're twenty four and twenty seven. They don't win games. I know. I know. I know they won last night. It was exciting. Congratulations. I know. They don't win. No, <laughs> they're they, ninth in the conference. They're ninth in the conference. They were ninth last year, right? Weren't they? Yeah, they were ninth last year. They've won one playoff game since AK took over. Is that right? It's pathetic. They've won one playoff game. They don't. Well, because they do lack that thing that you talk about, that not so little thing that they've been searching for forever. They got everything else, though. Everything else is great. On the number like, one in attendance, the margins. I think it's they have great. a decent head coach. <laughs> I, I think things are, are there. 
I, I, they just don't win. They don't win. <laughs> it, it, it's maddening. I think it's why even like the most diehard, optimistic Bull fan. Not that not that Sylvie's ever really overly optimistic, but like Sylvie's been so fed up with this team. See, Red Fred's done. I mean, they, that's yeah. not easy to like they completely broke, turn off. See, they broke yeah, C they Red broke, Fred. They broke C Red Fred. They broke him. You know? I'd say this. You know, it, it was something I think we talked about like a week ago. Watching Io and Kobe play and just give effort is so refreshing compared to hoping that Zach Levine gets them somewhere. You know I'm saying like I, I understand that on paper Zach's a better player than both of those guys. Although perhaps Kobe at some point turns into the better player. Yurko, you you pointed out it, it's nice to see Kobe White, someone who worked on himself, oh, yeah. to get to this point. Like that, that's great. Oh yeah. I, I just like seeing those two give effort on a nightly basis the way they do on both ends of the floor. And the development that's taking place is better than Zach Levine going out there, getting his, and then like, oh, they're still ninth. Like, it doesn't make a difference. They lose either way. I'd rather watch the younger players hopefully develop. Yeah. I mean, they're they're three games below this year. They went 40 and 42 last year. They popped in 22 with that 46-win season, but they won one lousy playoff game. The year before that was, you know, we were coming out of COVID, so the, the season was truncated a little, Yerk. It wasn't 82, it was 72. They were 10 games below 500. The COVID year, and that was the last year of Boylan and the old regime, but I, right. they're no better than they are today anyway. They're better with the coach, obviously, uh, but they're no better in the front office than they were when Pax was here. Uh, 22 and 43, the COVID year, that was a truncated season too, yeah. but 22 and 43. Uh, like Chris is right, they don't. They haven't stocked winning seasons upon one another even with Zach and DeMar and some nice pieces here so you know it seemed like they're a prime candidate for like hey move everybody that you can and get anything you can but I don't think that's going to happen well the only way to really rebuild this draft is having a top three pick right top three pick or the ability to sign uh disgruntled free agents that are superstars from around the league that's it that's the only way you get better yeah, otherwise, that's kinda, uh, otherwise you stay in the middle. Um, I would say somehow, like even if you don't do the top three thing, like if you somehow, and maybe there's an element of luck involved in this. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big believer. Hey, you make your own luck, right? Just like uh, Leo says well, in you Titanic. Run, you run into a Euro guy that well, suddenly flashes you. for you, you. You run into a Giannis. Right. You run into a Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, a man you know, Ginobili. Like, um, okay. Well, sure. Manu Ginobili Late was pick. a stud. Yeah, yeah Manu's really a stud. Yeah. A Tony Parker, I might yes. say even more than Manu. But like okay. yeah. You're right. You run into one of the you run into a Jimmy Butler. Right. The 30th pick. Like, there's probably a little element of luck, like where you couldn't nobody could have saw that, but that player had a will about him. And he fired. And he fired. Yes. I do have to throw this out there though. There are two teams in the Eastern Conference that are having way more successful seasons than you. With two players leading their team that should be starting uh, as the backcourt in the Eastern Conference for the All-Star Game. And neither of those two players in those teams drafted those two players. Jalen is one of them. Jalen Brunson with the Knicks. Who was a second-round pick, let's remember. Second-round pick. The Knicks saw a guy who was going to be available. They went after them. They got their guy. They knew that he could be the guy to run their franchise. And whether or not you thought he'd be this big of a star... Thibodeau always gets the most out of point guards, and they saw a point guard that was yeah, going to be available. True. The other one is Tyrese Halliburton. And Halliburton. Is, and he, he was, was traded, a, too. He was call. a Sacramento King, and the Pacers identified someone with a skill set and said, we're going to move players that we think are good to yeah. get the guy who's the guy for us. Yeah. God, I, I mean, it, like, 
So there are teams out there that are doing this without bottoming out and without having to draft the guy. The problem is the Bulls are refusing to move their pieces because they're attached to him. Which is weird. It's like it's, it's been the, the same, same thing across past. multiple yeah. Regi- regimes. Yeah, exactly. Boy, the Jalen Brunson story. Unreal. I mean, and I don't know, Chris was saying, who'd you say uh, that you heard was saying it, that like winning... Like oh, win- it's Bob Myers. Bob Myers. Yeah, so he was yeah, on Bob the uh, the ABC uh, pregame show for the Knicks game uh, two weekends ago. He was saying that when they were scouting Jalen Brunson, he uh, talked to Jay Wright and was like, "He's small, yeah, I, all this stuff." And Jay Wright's like, "You don't understand. Everywhere Jalen Brunson's gone, he's won. He's won." And he's Bob Myers, in hindsight, yep. was saying that you know a part of the scouting process is you don't put enough into guys who win that is a skill winning is a skill it doesn't just happen yeah when you win at every level there's a reason to it like he's always been small and he's He's always always been small yeah he won and he was dominant here in illinois at high school connecticut he won a national championship at villanova did they play in two final fours thank you i believe so i think he played in two final it's a great point like yeah, he's always been small, and guess what? Everywhere he's ever gone, the kids won. I mean, the Jalen story is Why'd incredible. you poo-poo my Manu? He's the 57th player taken. I'm not poo-pooing Manu. Draft. No, you're right. Manu, for sure. I'd say maybe Tony Parker a little bit more okay. even. Like you, you Tony poo- was... You poo-pooed No, 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 not at all. Manu's a good call. And but I, I would say that like is even more apropos for Tony Parker because he was such a great player. But Manu's a good call. It is. That's a great call. That was another piece they found that was part of that... That run. I mean, I think it was I a mean, little easier because Manu could be the third best right. player. You two guys were talking for 10 minutes, and I'm sitting here looking at Manu, figuring out what the <laughs> hell was going on. All right. 312-332-3776 if you want to ring us up. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Listen to us now. Live on the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Some news for Bears season ticket holders. We have one here. Chris Bleck is a season ticket holder. Congratulations uh, go out to him. Jeff Meller. Midway Jeff Meller. Congratulations go out to him, too. Nice job, You fellas. get to pay a little bit more. Wait gents, till the p- uh, new PSLs come down the pipeline in 9, 10 years with the new stadium. That will happen. Kevin Warren sent a letter to season ticket holders today. Oh, look at this. Got it. Abdallah is just printing it up here. Chris got this email, of course. As part of our 2024 planning, we have spent the last few months evaluating our season ticket prices and the market considerations that factor into our business decisions. With careful thought and analysis, I can't even read it with a straight face. With careful thought and analysis, my team and I reached back and said, here you go. With careful thought and analysis, our 2024 season As ticket- we snapped the rubber glove onto our hands and reached for that jar of Vaseline. Somebody get that KY. Yeah. Our 2024 season ticket package price will increase on average by 8% with increases ranging from 6.2% to 11.3%. Oh, sweet mama. What do you think that careful analysis is like? Like, do yeah. they go to Kevin Warren's $5 million mansion and do they sit in his incredible wine cellar? Yeah. And does he pull out like cigars a bottle out. of Sasakaya? Yeah. You know, like cigars out. Cigars out. And he's like, let's go. We're going to raise ticket prices on them all. Let's drink the Sasakaya tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Over our <laughs> spaghetti carbonara. <laughs> We're not getting enough. We want more. 
What do you think? 11.2 across the board. Somebody opened that 2003 Opus 1 ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> Came is for everyone. Oh, now, we'll tell them about future stadium plans. We'll Wait, thrill what? them with the future. What do you think that... Go ahead, careful give me more. thought and analysis. Yeah, like, careful thought. We're going to raise ticket prices. They're sitting around Kevin yeah. Warren's house drinking expensive wine going, like, let's just jack up ticket yeah. prices. I playing mean, snooker. We won seven games. Yeah, playing snooker and darts. Yeah, you know. We won seven games. We went from three to seven. Off with their heads. Time to raise the prices. Let them eat cake. Chris, do you know how much your tickets are going up in price? No, I don't. Not yet. They could be. I, I think uh, in 11%. that letter it says that the invoices were sent out this week. Mm. Uh, so we so should get be ready. getting that soon. Hey, get ready, Chris. Yeah, yeah should be good. <laughs> get it Can't the wait. snail mail. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, they got to pay twice because I think Autumn's family's got them too. They, they yeah, got, we do. They, yeah, they yeah, got yeah. yeah. We, we have. Ears, we so. have. Uh, we're we're spending twice. Yeah, Holy with the cow. Chicago Bears. The real uh, hum, human centipede of tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, here's uh, Kevin. Kevin Warren does go on to write. Let's hear more. This was after uh, the bottle of, uh, let's see, what's another really expensive bottle? Uh, Chateau, uh, Ma- uh, Chateau Lafitte Rothschild. Uh, yeah, that's Chateau Lafitte Rothschild at the, uh, 63, yes. I believe, was a very good Right, the though. Chateau Montalena in yeah. 73 was top-notch also. They opened up a uh, <laughs> Lafitte Rothschild 63. Yeah. And he wrote, additionally, we are making progress on our stadium development plan. Our deliberate and intentional process continues, and when a site is selected and a decision is made, we will be sure to communicate the plan for our season ticket holders. We know and understand the critical role you play in our future. Oh. P.S. We'll be sending out new PSL orders when we tell you where the new stadium yeah. When the new stadium goes up, yeah. we'll make sure that we extort. I mean, we uh, inform you of the PSLs it's that will be coming we'll down make, the pipe. We'll make uh, sure that yeah. we extort. Take extort out of there, <laughs> Suzanne. So the Bears are raising ticket prices. I don't know what the secretary's name is, but you know. Suzanne, get excuse me. That's out an of there. executive assistant. Secretary is a very antiquated term. Is it? Is it like stewardess? Is that antiquated? Yes, that's yes. The stewardess is antiquated. Did they call them flight attendants they or stewardesses? A, and who catch me when you can? That's stewardesses. Oh, well, that's the sixties. Okay. Well, what's the difference? Fifty years? More so than that. What's the difference? Yeah, more, more than, than that. fifty years. What, what do they do differently? Well, they're they're. Uh-huh. they're uh, Thank you. The, well, they actually, don't serve. They probably do less. They don't serve food anymore. <laughs> they do less now. If they feel one bump, they don't serve you drinks anymore. Well, someone in the airline industry. They do give the peasants crackers now, though, which is kind of. Well, it depends on which airline. I fly mostly American. They do give you a little snack. Oh, do some they? don't. Some give you a bumpkiss. Yeah. Uh, I would like a. The, our, our listeners are always good about this. You know, well, we have these questions and then experts call, like Alex. Whose wife is a professional banker or a banker baker and, she, a banker. and a banker on her yeah, side? And Chef Max, who called yesterday from yeah. Lettuce and said, "No, no, no, you can't wear the watch. That's against the protocol. Why it's against protocol? Right? Is it true that you shouldn't drink coffee on an airplane? It black's not in his head. All right, so that's the water that's being is it utilized. Yeah. There? Water, Chris? Yeah, I would yes. be a tad bit cautious there. Um, I got to, I got to stop that practice. I would buy my water at the airport." And that's what I would drink. I, well, I do buy my water. I wouldn't drink anything I, on the airplane. Here's why I buy. Here's why I usually get a coffee on the plane, especially if we're flying in the morning. I find it. You guys are going to make fun of me. I find it sometimes challenging. 
you know, you're you're dragging your bag. You got to put sure. the overhead. You got another carry yeah. on. Yeah, you and what happens if the coffee? What do you do with the coffee? It spills. What do you say to the guy behind you? Can you hold hey, this can for you a hold second? My cup of joe. So I never bring coffee on the plane. Right. I always get a cup of coffee when we're in the air. But then you guys are saying no, uh, yeah, I mean, no coffee on the plane. Get it before. All right, I'm going to have to ever start leave doing a little that. blue tinge in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. God, Jericho. That's literally. Yeah, the, the water that they use on the plane uh, has been proven to not be oh, the best. All right. So, so like, gotta, when you're on the plane, stop. you only want to go with stuff that they're, like, opening in front in of front you. In front of you. All right. No more coffee on planes. What about first class? Do they, does that make a difference? What's the difference? <laughs> Kevin Warren drinks the water on the Their plane. Their tint of blue is much. lighter around their lip. Are you telling me that water's just circulating? Oh, I'm not they don't make the anything. coffee like beforehand? I'm not saying anything. They get anything. some filtered water and make the Carmen, coffee beforehand? I'm not saying anything. All right, well, that practices. Maybe we can have, what are they called now, flight attendants? Flight attendants, flight attendants call in. I'm going to have to start bringing my own coffee. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. When shouldn't the pilot be called the flight attendant? Is he attending to the flight? He is. He's he, or he she. The guy? Yeah, he or she. Yep. Isn't he or she attending to the flight? Well, that's like They're the, the ones that are doing and the it. first mate and yeah, I don't know. the second I don't officer. Know. I'm sorry, you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. <laughs> it is Roger Murdoch, right? I, I, think, Murdoch? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I know it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, of course it was, yes. You chase Lanier. Was it Lanier? No, uh, Lanier. Lanier. Yeah, Bob Lanier. You chase him up and down the court. I've been hearing that crap since I was at UCLA. Yeah. We're doing a very antiquated movie reference. We uh, are. Anybody you know, under 30 has no idea. That's I think today's the 50th anniversary of the release of Blazing Saddles. Really? Yeah. That I hope is we're going to go with a little bit of a history note. I saw that this morning as I was perusing the X. We need to put on our calendar so we don't forget this fall. Because I think this is one that we all will appreciate. I think it's October. This October uh, 74. is the 30th oh, 30. anniversary of the release of Pulp Fiction. That's 94 then, yeah. Yeah, 1994. 94 was a good year for movies. It was incredible. 94, good year for it, movies, guys. The movie debuted. You guys you may have been born. You may have oh, been born. stop it. They're yeah. not that young. The movie debuted in the spring at Cannes, and it won the Palme d'Or that year, but the movie was released in the States in October. It won the Ballon d'Or? It won the Palme d'Or. Oh, so it's kind yeah. of the same thing. Okay. It's all a door. You're yeah, going. Palm so door. we should put that on our calendar so we don't put forget, it on there. Yeah. Because that'll be a big celebration Great come movie. October. Great movie. Yeah. Ooh, line five, Julius. Hey, speaking of Pulp Fiction. That's right. Julius was in that movie. That's like a beautiful, what would you call that? that there's a um, term for that. Serendipitous ser- moment? Yeah, serendipity. Is that like a serendipitous? I coincidence. I think it's serendipitous, serendipitous yeah. and coincidence, Adam. It's both. Shoot. Well, now you hung up on Julius. No, no, I got him. Julius, what's up, brother? Hello. Hello. What's up, Julius? Hey, how you doing? How Good. you doing, guys? Good. How are you, man? Good. Ju- Ju- Julian, but it's okay. Don't oh, worry about Julian. it. Okay, Julian. Julian. No wonder he didn't know who the hell he was. Gotcha. <laughs> Go ahead, Julian. Uh, yeah, I was just calling because I heard you guys talking about the coffee at uh, you know an airplane. And, yeah. Uh, I work at O'Hare. I work at O'Hare, and I put water into planes. Uh, potable. Pot- what are potable? Potable. Um, I wouldn't drink the coffee on the planes. Oh my God. There you go. This is coming from a man to- on the inside, Julian. Oh, we're supposed we're supposed to sanitize the trucks. For the water every, I think, two months. Yeah, don't drink the water on the, on the planes. Okay. All right, Julian. You and Julian, thanks. There you Thank go. You. you got from an expert. And the guy putting water on the plane just told you, don't drink the water on the plane. I'm I mean, done. that's not, you can't get more official than I'm that. I'm done. That's it. And he used the code name. That's it. He can't go by his real name. The guy, like Chris said, the guy putting the water on the plane just told, just told us. 
on the plane. And that is definitely a little serendipitous. The, well, his name wasn't Julius, but the occurrence and development of events by chance in a happier, beneficial way. Yeah. Serendipity, baby. Serendipity, baby. That's what we got. Good movie. We got ourselves a saucer full of serendipity. Is that uh, Julia Roberts? Do I, no, who, Kate Beckinsale. Oh, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She's the poor man's yeah. Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate Beckinsale, man. She's something. Slow your roll. Yeah, okay. Kate Beckinsale. Slow your roll. All right. I watched a movie with Julia Roberts this weekend. Which one? Uh, Leave the World Behind. Was yeah. that any good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, yeah, it's worth a watch? It's the same guy that, that made Mr. Robot. Oh, I um, like Mr. Robot. It, it's good, and it's uh, it's produced by, um, like, the Obamas have a deal with Netflix, and supposedly they use some of their intelligence in the movie. If uh, The Obama intelligence? Well, or there's always, like, the, like, White House the, stuff. The White House There's stuff. always a first time. Like, White House stuff. Interesting, okay. Like White House stuff. All right. Because it's right. basically about the world ending. All right, I'll have to check that one out, because I've, uh, I've heard some mixed things about it, but I, I, I like the It was uh, fine. I like the genre, so I'll check it out. Long. 312-332-ESPN. Let's start taking some phone calls next. We also have to play Adam Schefter sound from his conversation with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. I was a little surprised at uh, you know listening to Schefter talk about the potential return if they were to trade the first overall pick. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a prized pick, but a team at two or three going up just a couple of spots. It was interesting to hear uh, Schefter talk yeah. about the haul the Bears might get. So we'll play that coming up. We'll grab your phone calls. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Good football conversation on the air yesterday, today, every day. We talked to Andrew Siciliano. Waddle and Sylvie talked to Adam Schefter. Uh, Black and Abdallah last night I heard had uh, DVOA creator, founder, Aaron Shots. His name is spelled Shats. I'm convinced, like, he got older and he's like, Shats? Can't. You know, like, yeah, if, his name, like if, it was, if his name was, like, Italian or, 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 or Latin, it, maybe it'd be, yeah. what was it, Shats, Shatazzini? How, how would you spell Shots? Shats and Pepper Corporated. How would you spell Shots? S-C-H-O-T-S. Shots. Shots. O-T-Z. It's O-T-Z. O-T-Z. Yeah, shots. But, uh, shots. I don't think I've ever called him shit. I get it. We're from Chicago, so you're calling him shats. I don't know. I think I, right? th- I think it was shats. He, got, shots. he was like, like a teenager. He's like, Mom and Dad, not for nothing. But no, I, mean, I come feel on. like you're Help just you're just that's the horrible the Chicago? Chicago accent. Maybe it's the Chicago in me. You could be right. Aaron shots, shots. Uh, he was good though. He, I want to play a few things that he talked to the guys about uh, Mahomes, about the Bears' defense, why it got so much better in the back half of the season. We'll do that in a little bit. Here was Schefter. A couple things from the Waddle and Sylvie conversation yesterday at three. All right, here's Adam Schefter. who's already in Vegas. It was great to hear him talk about his daughter and the stuff she's going to be doing on the Nickelodeon broadcast. It was pretty cool. Uh, but here's Schefter talking about the Fields trade market and what it might look like. Here you go. I think it will be limited. To a certain extent, but it really doesn't matter if it would be limited because if there were just a couple of teams, and I think there could be, then that's all it takes. So, you know, it doesn't take something where you need 18 teams all vying for services. If there are a couple, and like I said, I think there could be, uh, then, then it becomes something that becomes relevant, and we'll see whether or not it happens. Do you believe they would get a second round pick for Justin Fields? Definitely. Definitely. I, 
definitely. I think I think they might get a one. Really? I do. Yeah. Who may be willing to give up that one if you had to spin the wheel and make it stop somewhere? I well, just look at all the teams that need quarterbacks. Put them all on a piece of paper. <laughs> and I mean, you, 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 you give me a team that needs quarterbacks. I mean, Schefter's more plugged in than us, believe me, he is. Uh, and I, I think when he says they could absolutely get a second, yeah. Sam Darnold got a second. Sam Darnold fetched yeah. the team a second-round yes, pick. Yes, he did. Justin Fields is getting the Bears a second-round pick if I they believe trade that. him. It's second and what else? A one just seems unlikely, but Schefter would know better. And if he it thinks he's hurt a little bit. rich. It does. Like he said, you don't need 18 teams to want him. You need two teams to want him. Yep. And once you have two teams wanting them, then it'll so maybe see that's what it. somebody wants. Now, this one really surprised me. The, the price, you know, what the Bears could get in return, I should say, for the number one pick. Take a listen to this. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't even know what you guys have discussed as potential compensation. Uh, but to me, it's at a minimum of two once. Start there. Minimum. Yeah, because Yurko was like throwing at us like a third, like because it's only one spot. We said, screw no, that. that like, that you get matter. the world. Yeah. That the, I don't care that it's one spot. It's, it's one spot for one allegedly generational talent. And if he is what people say, and you love him, and you are the Bears, and you're giving up the right to go pick this guy for whatever reason. Then, then you're going to be and should be compensated. Real quick here, and I'll let you respond. One follow-up I would have asked Adam, when he says, this is like the devil's in the details, when he says two ones at a minimum, he means a swap of first-round picks this year and one, one, one next year. And then two more first-round picks? Well, that's what I'm wondering. That, I don't believe that. That, 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 I, seems, I believe that, that, that seems impossible. Yeah, that's not true. For a team to go up one or two spots, right. that seems literally impossible. Your first next year, maybe a second this year or a third this year. You know what I'm saying? So does the you two ones one, mean you get a third, then the one next year? Okay, okay. But there's no way he meant a one in I, 25 I, and 26. Now, this, I'm going to step aside and say I don't know what he meant. Like, that can't that's be. That's what I don't know. When you move down, you go from one to two is what he's talking about, right? I don't know. He said two ones. So well, I don't know. Again, though, I'm asking. He's moving down to two. We're moving down one spot, right? Yes. Okay, so you're moving back. So you're trading those picks. Right. That's the first, even though it's it's equal, basically, and you're getting more. I believe it's the first in next year's draft. 2025. And then something in 2024's draft a little bit later down the line. Okay. All right. That's what I believe okay. you can get from moving down to one position. You got the points. Right? You got the points. You know what the difference is between the Jimmy Johnson point chart from the Dallas Cowboys that they utilized. We've gone over it a number of different times to see where the value is. Mm-hmm. You know, is there enough of a difference between the first and the second pick to get a second rounder even? You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about that. Yeah. But if you want to solidify the fact that you're going to get Caleb Williams and you believe it, you might be willing to overpay. Mm. Okay? So that's the thought process you got to have in the back of your mind. Who's going to be willing to overpay for that pick? Or, but I believe the first next year, okay. the moving down and getting a second okay. or a third, I think that's, the only that thing, suffices. The only way I could see like multiple first rounders, if a team makes a huge move from makes like, a jump. The, where Denver is, from right. 12 to 1. Right. Like, that I could see. Now but you need points. One or two spots to right. get two extra first round picks, that seems no. impossible. Yeah. Paul's in Elmwood Park. What's up, Paul? 
Hey, guys. So about the Justin Fields situation, um, go back and forth with people a lot about this, and I value both of your opinions very highly. So I think it kind of just boils down to one simple question. So yes or no, is there room on the Bears for improvement at the quarterback position? Yes. Yes. So why is it so hard for this fan base to grasp the concept that since you have the tools to be able to upgrade that position with the number one overall pick, that you'd be willing to go out there and do so? I think because people get attached to uh, the players. A, no, it's a guaranteed upgrade. Well, it's never a guarantee. That's true. Well, okay, then. Okay, there's the quarterback and level of play that he has can improve upon his level and play. Just because you bring Caleb Williams in doesn't mean he's above that level of play instantaneously. Might he eventually be above that level of play that Justin Fields has been able to give you? Might it take two games? Might it take six games? Might it take eight games? Might it take zero games? Might he come in and just blow you out of the water and CJ say, Stroud? look at what this guy's able to do? Yeah. Okay? Stroud but to sit here and put it that way and to just assume Caleb Williams is going to come in and be the cat's meow, I think that's a tad bit foolish also. Okay. All right, we'll grab more of your calls on this. Uh, people want to talk Bears, Caleb, Justin. This ain't going away, folks. Uh, there's a bunch of other sound I do want to play for everybody. We'll get to that throughout the course of the day. Brad Biggs in the Tribune in his mailbag today wrote a lot about you know Cliff Kingsbury going to Washington, what it might mean, what a deal for the Bears would look like if they did move out of that number one spot. You, know, you heard what Schefter said. I'll read to you some of the stuff that Biggsy wrote today in his mailbag. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Bow, bow. Don't forget to hang with us tomorrow. Twin Peaks, Warrenville. See you there. Be a good time. Talk a lot about the Super Bowl, NBA trade deadline. Todd Furman will join us live in Vegas. Alex is in McHenry on ESPN 1000 with Carmen and York. What's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, guys? Tell us, man. All right. So I've been listening to your show for a couple of weeks now, and I've heard um, a couple of weeks. some of your hosts, not you guys particularly, but I've heard some people say it, that it's no question that the Bears have to move on from Justin Fields. And, you know, I really strongly disagree with that. Um, if you look at the 49ers right now, I mean, they got a quarterback who's nothing really special, and they've just built around him so well. And I feel like the Bears have that exact opportunity to build pretty much a clone team for the 49ers. You know, get three pretty solid receivers, really good tight end, great O-line, and load up that defense if you trade back in the draft and build around Justin. And I think Justin is way more talented than Brock Purdy, has a way better arm. The only concern is just him getting the ball out on time. And well, That's you know, a big concern. But, I think you just I think you just identified why Brock Purdy's so efficient and successful in that offense. Well, see, that's that's where it gets interesting. If you look at Luke Getzky compared to the 49ers team, I mean, Getzky probably called less than 10 routes across the middle of the field all season. I mean, it's the play calling was just horrible. Um you look at perfect examples, you know, setting yourself up for bad situations, calling screen plays on second and 10 just making the defense, you know, they don't have to play honest. They just can pass commit, and it, it really keeps things locked down. Um, I think if you give him a good offensive coordinator and some good play calls, I mean, we've seen what he can do. We know his talent. So I I don't know. So the wins are on Justin. The losses are on the coordinator. Is that right? Um, 
I, I disagree that wins are a quarterback stat. I mean, the sport is a team sport. If you want to look at wins, I mean, you're in the – and blame it on a player, right. you're in the wrong sport for that. All right, so you're not just putting all, all – right. at least you're not putting all the wins on just – all right, Alex, thank you. So here's my thing. You don't have to tear down Brock Purdy to try to build up Justin Fields. If you want to build up Justin Fields, let's just talk about what he's done, some of the throws that he has made, uh, some of the electric negative plays that he's turned into positive plays. I prefer to focus on that if I'm talking about Justin Fields. I'm on the record saying I would draft down and keep Justin Fields. You're, yeah, you're trying. I'm on the record. That's what I want. That's my preference. Get me my haul. Fix this team. I think Justin Fields can take us to the promised land, period. That's it. End of story. I would draft a quarterback. I've made a commitment. We're you're you're ready sides. to go that. But to sit in the lambast Brock Purdy yeah, don't and try to. To, try to say he's a product of the system. Okay, Garoppolo played that system well. He didn't play it exceptionally well. Okay, Trey Lance was barely given an opportunity, but at some point they saw something that was limiting Trey Lance, and they moved on and took a loss. You understand when I say they took a loss? They took a little bit of a beating on that. But when you make a decision to go with a quarterback that you think gets the system and can flourish in your system, they're not looking to replace Brock Purdy. They, they want to try to keep Brock Purdy there for the rest of Brock Purdy's playing career. They're not looking for an upgrade over Brock Purdy. They like what they have in Brock Purdy. I think Shanahan likes what So he for has, people yeah. that want to sit there and lambast and take a look, hey, I've seen Tom Brady throw four interceptions. I've watched Drew Brees throw the ball in the other team's hands. Guys, let's not get out of whack and say you've got to draw conclusions in the second year of an individual's career. Yeah. I go, that, that is absolutely ludicrous. All right, amen. Jim's in Lockport. He wants to follow up on the uh, drinking water on the airplane thing. Hey, Jim. Yeah. Hey, good morning, or good afternoon, guys. How afternoon. you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I've been an aircraft mechanic for 35 years, and I can tell you I've cleaned out those water tanks. You don't want to drink the water. It's disgusting. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, God. All yeah, right. yeah. Oh. You got algae built in there. You got some brown crud in there. I mean, we go in and we would change the filters and everything, but... You know, that water is still there. The tanks are horrible. Oof, Jimmy, thanks, buddy. There's from an airline mechanic. Uh, it's all ball bearings these days, by the way. Jim, yeah. Jim would be able to tell it's you It's all that. ball bearings nowadays. Give me some gauze pads. Some gauze pads. Some 10 and 1 oil. <laughs> what the hell? By the way, that's from Fletch. And if you've well, never seen the movie, all the old ones right, now. If you've never seen the movie Fletch with Chevy Chase, you have missed out. It's available. The Fetzer Valve. I see it on the uh, on the Netflix. It's there, it's sitting there, smiling at you. I love. You watch Fletch. the remake. No one watched. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that one. Watch the with original. Watch the original yeah. Fletch. Watch the original. Watch the original one. Andrew's in Bartlett. What's up, Andrew? Andrew. Andrew. Going once. Going once. Went twice. He Call, calling Dr. Rosen penis. Mm, uh, it's me, what? Dr. Rosen. No. It's me, Dr. Rosen penis. Dr. Rosen Rosen. <laughs> Dr. Rosen penis. Muhammad's in Palos Hills on the south side. What's up, Muhammad? How's it going, guys? Thank you for taking my call. You got How it. you guys been? Great. Excellent, Muhammad. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. So I've been listening to um, the show today, and everyone has been starting to like have this conversation about, first of all, the value of Justin Fields and the value of Caleb Williams. Yurko, you said something yep. just now about it doesn't take it doesn't take 18 teams. Well, I know Schefter said it uh, yesterday, but you elaborated on it. You said it doesn't take 18 teams, it takes two teams right. to fall in love with Justin. That also works vice versa with the first round pick. 
if there's a t- if there's a team that is that falls in love with Caleb Williams as much as hypothetically as Ryan Poles does. First of all, a, a quick side note: I'm on the side of um of drafting Caleb Williams at number one and not trading down. But hypothetically, if we were to trade down, put it this way: if you got a quote unquote hull last last season to trade up to get a quarterback like Bryce Young, you're gonna need a king's ransom to trade down and get to trade down for um and not pick a quarterback with the talent of Caleb Williams. So you think you could potentially get like those multiple first rounders? Is that what you're I think, hinting at, Muhammad? It depends where yeah, they're coming I think from. You, yeah, I think it depends on where it it's coming where from. It's coming Muhammad. From. And Muhammad, I, we got to run. We're up against I, the break. I, but I agree. If it's coming from 12, yeah. you're going to get a King's Ransom. I, I can't see it coming from two. I, I don't know how yeah. any. I don't know how a general manager, especially a first timer like they have in Washington, he's going to give up the next two years of first round picks when they're trying to. They they were a three win football. What did they win? Three games. Three games, Carl. Well, theoretically, they're getting a quarterback. They got their wide receivers already there. They've got a running back there. They do have some talent. I mean, they've got some people there. They've got pieces in place. They have some talent in that offensive huddle. Bigsy wrote a little bit about Peters and and the new regime in Washington. I'll read you some of that from his mailbag earlier today. But but that just seems like a... Well, let's it hope seems the Bears, far-fetched hey, to think that a team would go up two if, spots and give you two additional first-round if, picks. If, 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 Carm, I'm saying if, I don't know if you've heard it enough just now, um, if there's enough demand, I mean, I want to maximize the damn deal. I don't give a crap where it comes from. Let's maximize the deal. Let's set this club up for a long-term, remember you said it, long-term success. That's all we're looking to do. Nice. Long-term success. That'd be nice. And... If we can't bring Muhammad to the show, we're going to bring the show to Muhammad. There you go. Remember that. Well done, Yurko. We're back in two minutes.